0: hi welcome to millennial mom i'm maria, i'm your host maria fairfax today i'm honored to have as my guest joshua xavier smith he's a recent graduate from rensselaer polytechnical institute otherwise known as rpi in troy new york he received his bachelor's degree in industrial and management engineering he still resides in troy new york where he works as a software and data business development representative for Pitney Bowes, which is a mailing and global technology provider. Uh, Josh is definitely a gentleman who has taken control of his life by surrendering, and it's palpable whenever you're around him that you're in the company of a very present
1: and intense soul. (laughs) (laughs) I love that last part, Mom. No, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's exciting to be here and to be on this podcast where I have the opportunity just to express myself and express my beliefs and express my challenges and talk about how I got here so far. So, yeah, I'm ready for it.
0: All right, great. Well, congratulations on completing your first marriage.
1: <laughs> Woo! That was that was a that was a, that was definitely a challenge. That happened two Sundays ago. So, I believe October 13th, so happy Indigenous Peoples Day weekend and <laughs> and it was it was a struggle uh, i've been running mom knows for about i want to say over 10 years i started running when i was in high school and i continued to kind of progress participated in the track and field department when i went to rpi and it was a little bit of a struggle after i graduated got a job to feel that flame because usually when you're in track for a college or even for a high school team, you have a coach telling you what to do. And so one of my key goals, especially after graduating, was to do a marathon. And so I really needed to inspire myself and to push myself to reach that goal. And so October 13th was very monumentous for me because it allowed me to just be who I am, to pursue my own dreams, to go forth with what I want to achieve. And I achieved it. It was not the best race. I did about 11 minute. Per mile pace and i finished in four hours and 50 minutes because one of my legs was kind of just like really locking up my knee especially but i was able to finish it and i was very grateful for the opportunity to be a part of that marathon it was titled the hudson mohawk river run marathon so it was good that's, that's awesome me, yeah, and my girlfriend was there to support me so she recorded me after I finished the race. She was crying, I was like, why are you crying for Don't worry about it, it's all good. But she knew that this was something that was very, a big part of what I wanted to do in life. And so her happiness and her joyfulness kind of came in as tears. <laughs> I was just so done at the moment. I just wanted to go home, Drink some Gatorade, eat some Cheetos, some bananas, and lay back on my couch after I finished the race. Well that's so, awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I
0: used to want to do a marathon, but now <laughs> I know you did. So so I can I can now live vicariously through you. You did it.
1: Did. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I feel like that's what everyone's saying. Even your aunt's mom was saying, like they're like, Yeah, mom Aunt Maria was very happy to Text us about how you were doing the marathon. She was a proud mom. <laughs> oh,
0: of course, yeah. I'm, always that, I'm always that proud mom no exactly. matter what. So that's awesome, mm-hmm. Joshua. I want to talk to you about um, the fact that you have persevered through a lot of things in your young life and millennial mom. What, the podcast was inspired um, because of you and your other two siblings, my other two children, and. I know that there's a a movement right now where it's live your best life and leveling up. What does that mean to you?
1: Mm, Okay. I think living your best life is, for me, more so focused on living in the moment. Now, you understand, Mom, that I live a spiritual life. I have a strong belief in God. So living my best life for me is more so living for God. And if I'm not living for God, I'm not living for, I'm not living my best life. But I think some people have different, you know, ideologies around the term living your best life based on how they grew up. But for me and what I hope for everyone else, when they, what do you mean by that based on what
0: they, what they,
1: so, you know, like say for instance, you know, there's a go, go dancer, you know, living his or her best life is, you know, dancing or, A basketball player living his best life is playing basketball. Me being a soldier for God, living my best life is living for God's purpose. That's me living for my best life. And I kind of wish that would be the case for the majority of people, but unfortunately it's not. And so I think that's what it really comes down to is how you grew up. What do you see as you living your best life? And so it really comes down to living for your dream, living for your purpose. My purpose, and I understand your purpose as well, is living for God. So, living for God is living my best life.
0: All right, perfect. And <laughs> I want to stop that. Yeah, you can you you get right down to it, and uh, that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, next, yeah.
0: next question, please. <laughs> exactly. So, you received a scholarship for RPI when you were a junior in high school. Mm hmm. Tell me about that and how you felt about that.
1: So so initially, I really like, and unfortunately, this is kind of the the case across the country in the United States is that high school, secondary education doesn't really prepare you in terms of what you really want to do outside of graduating from high school. And so I was really set on being a social worker at the time. I don't know why, but because... I had the word social and I thought I was really good at socializing. Little did I know that social work, work, being a social worker takes a lot of work. You tend to deal with a lot of people who are mentally ill and are dealing with a lot of issues. And so I don't even think I knew what I really wanted to do. And for me to receive the scholarship, I kind of felt that I didn't really have a choice of what I wanted to do and that rpi was going to be the place for me and obviously i need to major in industrial management engineering and so upon receiving the award i was a little bit upset because i still didn't know what i wanted to do i still didn't figure out my life and soon you realize that figuring out your life is a a long time process and right you have not just it's not something that you're just gonna you know get You know, in the blink of an eye, it's something that you have to definitely reflect on, work on yourself on, and realize what makes you happy, what doesn't, and what is your purpose in life. So, upon receiving the scholarship, I wasn't too happy about it. I was happy that, you know, obviously, financially, it was going to help when it came to attending college. And I think what really opened my eyes up when it came to believing that RPI was a place to be was when, and I'm pretty sure mom, you remember, as well as dad, I went to a Garnet D Baltimore event, which was a event for minority students. And we were invited to kind of get a feel of how RPI is on a minority level. And that exposed me to a lot of people that looked like me, African-Americans, to see that there was definitely, you know, a minority representation on RPI's campus. And so that made me feel comfortable knowing that going into You know, college, going into RPI, I had people that related back to me, related to how I grew up. At the same time, I needed to make sure that when I did go to RPI, I exposed myself to everything that RPI had to offer. So it was a blessing in disguise because getting that scholarship really did pave the way for me to be exposed to so much. It paved the way for me to be exposed to engineering. And unfortunately, engineering isn't something that was talked about when I was in high school. I didn't even know about engineering all that much. So that scholarship was a blessing and a curse because initially I was really disappointed and I was kind of angry. At the fact that, you know, this this was the only university that provided me a scholarship. I guess I had to go there, but in the end, you kind of have to look at what you don't want as a blessing. And I realized that,
0: uh, Okay. yeah,
1: you know, I didn't want the scholarship. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go RPI, but after being exposed to what RPI had to offer, I realized that there's there's so much more to life, and there's a whole business out there that Poughkeepsie High School really didn't focus on as much. I mean, there was definitely key teachers, key staff workers at Poughkeepsie High School that really wanted to pave the way for students like myself to attend college. But overall, you know, a lot of people were lost at the high school, and it was a struggle to find that inspiration. Fortunately for me, I was able to find inspiration not only within the scholarship, but also within my best friend, Isaac. And I I definitely challenge everyone that whoever is going to high school, make sure that you pin yourself with a friend that has a future, has a plan, may not know where he or she is going, but at least, you know, has a positive impact in your life.
0: You've always been very astute at surrounding yourself with people that were positive or that Mm. were a good influence for you. And uh, one of the things that um, is notable about you is that when you went through your struggle with um, anorexia and depression, Mm -hmm. you didn't isolate yourself. You didn't, um, you actually broadcast it. You posted things on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You talked to family, friends, anyone who listened about it. Tell me a little more about that.
1: Yeah, so I I believe initially when I started to see the symptoms of depression and anorexia, I did, kind of to correct you, Mom, I did try to hide away because it really did start in the summer of 2013 of when the depression and anorexia started to build up. Was that
0: before the scholarship or after?
1: That was after the scholarship. Okay. So that was the summer of 2013. So this was going into the senior year. And so that's when the symptoms really started to build. And obviously you were the first one to kind of take note of it because you would see me on a day to day eating less, eating less, working out, working out. And I was kind of in denial at that point because the reason why it all started was because of running. So imagine, you know, me getting these mentally, me getting diagnosed with these mental illnesses because of running. And can you imagine that two weeks ago I ended up doing a marathon? The very
0: I know the, the I very same, yeah, the very yeah. same
1: aerobic exercise that has brought so much anguish has also brought me so much joy, you know, and I think that's a testimony in itself, but when I was going through what I was going through, you know me, like once I have a mindset i'm I'm literally like in go mode, like this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gotta lose weight, and i and my competitive mentality, I felt like ended up being a downfall and i wasn't really going to god as much during those times because i had one mission in mind I got to get skinny for running. I don't know where that came from. Maybe because I saw some Kenyans on TV that were doing really well in the Olympics and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I, I got to be skinny." No.
0: I was like cuz you always have jokes and I'm like, I'm not going to laugh. This might no, be No, okay.
1: but no, but like seriously, I was just like maybe it's like I, you know, Mo Farah, you know, some of these Kenyan runners, well, Mofara's is not Kenyan, he's British, but some of these, you know, African runners I was really inspired by and I I felt like I didn't have that figure that needed to excel in running. And for some reason, I just wanted to have that skinny figure. And then Wait, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it kind of took a turn for the worse and things kind of got out of the control. And I felt like I couldn't really go back to the way I was. And I needed to continue to lose weight. And then next thing you know, I got anorexic and I started to just eat less. And next, because I couldn't, because I was so consolidating myself on what I could eat. I couldn't be myself fully. So then that's when depression came in. And then as you understand mom, that's when, you know, senior year came and I was not mentally right for it. <laughs> <laughs> physically, no, seriously and physically- no, you, were,
0: you were on, you persevered though. You yeah, I
1: did, cause it was all God. Seriously, it was all God. Like initially I was livid. I was trying to lean on my own understanding and it was crazy. And I know. I, I remember.
0: It. I remember you going through um, uh, therapy, Damn. and um, you were just like, Ma, the therapist is eating in front of me." Like, yes,
1: that was so weird. Like, it was crazy. I was, I was, I was in disbelief. <laughs> like, going into that seat here was the craziest thing. People noticed I was losing weight. People were asking me, "Josh, was wrong?" And I kept on saying, "I'm fine." So again, going back to the denial thing, I was denial. in denial of my mental illnesses, and whoever is facing mental illnesses, you have to come to accept them, because if you don't accept your personal demons, they'll just continue to grow.
0: And that's one of the things about um, Millennial Mom, it's about personal development, empowerment, and radical acceptance, like it, it, you have to be radical, you have to radically accept certain things
1: Mm-hmm. In your life.
0: And yeah. I know um, for me to accept that I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, uh, two years ago, um, over two years ago now, almost three, that that I was in denial. And it's it's and people don't talk about these things.
1: Mm-hmm. People don't talk about it. As no. long as you're
0: like, quote, unquote, functional.
1: Yeah. You they know, just, yeah. They think as long as you're doing what you need to do, you're doing your nine to five and you're doing good in work. That's all that matters, but that's not the case, and it's it's a struggle. And I think once I came into th- terms of, yeah. what, I'm going through this. I was when did you
0: come to terms with it? When
1: did you hospitalized? Get once I got hospitalized, that's when I came to terms with it. Like once. What the we went, first time
0: or the second time?
1: The first time, most definitely. The second time, I was already good to go. I think like the second time, I was not even worried all that much. Like. I don't know if you remember, but, like, yeah, when I was hospitalized the second time, I was really just like, okay, all right. You know, like, at that time, I was kind of like, okay, I got to just eat more. That's fine. And so I was hospitalized for, like, another week or a weekend, I'm not too sure, and I kind of did the motions. But the first time I was hospitalized, that was treacherous. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I was there. I was, gone, I was at the Westchester Medical Hospital. Westchester Center. Medical Center, Yeah. Yeah, for at least a week. And every day was just a struggle. I couldn't do any work. All I could really do was just read. And to get up off of my bed was just horrible. Mm-hmm. And then to be constantly fed this food that <laughs> I really didn't want to eat <laughs> had little yeah. bit limited options. Remember when Mr. Huff and dad bought food <laughs> down? Like, they went somewhere. <laughs> they went to, like, the country club. They went club. to
0: Sylvia's. They went to the city. They went to Sylvia's to get you soul food.
1: Yeah, they that, went that to was Sylvia's That, to get that was their soul
0: solution. Food. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, my God, are you triggering
1: him? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so they're like, yeah, eat up, eat up, eat up. And it's kind of funny to see that dynamic because it's just, it's just funny to see that dynamic of, you know, dad being, like, you know, you got to just eat more, you know, and definitely he was there. And I then also, like... too, I want to
0: let the listeners know, too, that at that time that we weren't together. You're, yeah. You lived with me, mm-hmm. and your father lived separately yeah. in town. So we weren't, you know, we weren't a unit,
1: a family. Yeah, one. so, like, I feel like you saw more of the the emotional damage from my mental illnesses, and Dad more so saw the – he saw the emotional, but he was more so focused on the physical. He was like, all right, how can I get him, you know – how can i get him back to you know back to his normal weight <laughs> so like mr huff and yeah and dad like went down to Sylvia's, has got me soul food and they were like all right eat it up and i'm like eating and i'm like crying i'm like <laughs> and, it was,
0: it was just a struggle. and then of course I'm, I'm sitting over there like just glued to my seat mortified like oh my god like let yeah me let we me get, go out let me go out to my car where I have the bottle of vodka stash and have a drink and come back. That was my That's co-
1: what you did? I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that first time that was the first time I was hospitalized that that school year of twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen, that's what really hit me because you can you guys came the immediate family and then on top of that, you know, dad's side of the family showed up and then some, some members of the church showed up too.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: So that, was, that, that, that meant a lot. And I think was also was crazy that one of the members of the church also happened to be my doctor at the time. And I think his, his name is Isaac as well. And I think that was just very touching for me to see how God puts you in a certain place at a certain mm-hmm. time in order to meet certain people. And are, so
0: you just, at that point, you accepted the fact that you had this diagnosis
1: yeah. of, uh, and then you started on, I started the journey anti- of, yeah, therapy, antidepressants, antidepressants. And one thing I would suggest when it comes to, you know, pills, medications, you can't rely on them. You can't. And I think that's initially what I was going through. I was relying on the depressants. I well, was you were like, hoping
0: that it would make everything better.
1: I was, the, yeah, I was seeing the depressants as God. That's the thing. I was seen as my holy grail. This is it. You know, like if I just put this pill in my mouth, everything will go away. And you can't see it that way. You can't see it that way because that's because once you see that it doesn't help you fully, you start to feel like, all right, that's it. So I was taking the antidepressants. Yes. But at the same time, I was putting my trust in God. Initially, I wasn't. Initially I was putting my trust in antidepressants. I was like, "Please help me." Goo goo goo, you know, taking them yeah. down um you know throughout the day and it was yeah, and it wasn't it, I was just like, "Why is why aren't these antidepressants working? You know, why aren't they kicking in? What's going on?" You wanted and to go back to
0: normal, but now- I wanted
1: to go back to the weight. That's the thing. Right, like, I was so focused before. on the past too. I was like, I want to get back to the old me. I want to get back to the junior Josh. This Josh right now, I'm feeble. I'm weak. I'm not mentally stable. I have thoughts of suicide. What, like, right. how can I go back? God, take me back. Antidepressants, take me back. But then I realized I can't go back. Mm. I can't go back. I got to accept the things the way that things are now and i gotta keep on pushing forward
0: and i think that's with anything in life is that you have to you push through the pain there's a purpose to the pain but you don't realize it while you're going through it and then there's a david goggins talks about it and there's a new norm and so now there's a new there's i know
1: david goggins yeah the military guy
0: right exactly yeah there's there's a new norm. He's a so new norm. I love him. He's, <laughs> he's the whole reason that I stay hard.
1: Stay hard. <laughs> he's like you. It's five o'clock in the morning right now. It's raining. I said, "Screw the rain, I'm money." I'm like, "All right." I'm like, "You do you." <laughs> yeah,
0: I love him. Yeah. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So there's a there's a new norm, and it's and it takes radical acceptance to be able to say, okay, this is it. Just this like when it. I, two and a half years ago, when I went, I was like, oh, damn, I'm actually an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it, you know, I, I, I got to the bottom of myself and I said, all right, this is, this is it. And then my new norm is, okay, I'm an alcoholic, so I can't have a drink. I have to be emotionally sober too. Yeah. You know, just like There's that physical sobriety, which, you know, yeah. helps you get to the emotional. So there's a new way of life, but guess what? this new way of life is so much better, better. than the old one yeah. was. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go back to that if you paid me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go back to that too, most definitely. But even now, like, I, to all the people that are going to watch this in the future, I'm not perfect. There's moments when I have my downfalls, you know, where the depression really just starts to just come back at me. And then next thing you know, like, For a whole week, maybe even for maybe a day, I just shut down. Like, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. It's not like... uh, I. There's no cure. There's no cure. Yeah, there's no cure. Sometimes it's there for a long time. Sometimes for other people, it's, it's completely gone. For me, for me, it's still there. Sometimes I do have anorexic tendencies. Sometimes I do have depression tendencies. So I'm not fully clean, you know, of these mental illnesses Hopefully, I'll get there. But I'm working towards staying away from what I originally was back in 2013, and it was that year was just so crazy because that was also the year that you know Joseph Alon, you know one of my close friends, he passed away, and so there's so there was just so much multitude of things happening that year, and I always look back six years ago, and just it just surprises me. Of how far I've came, and it makes me also just appreciate life. I don't know if you remember Joseph Elone. I that do. Was,
0: every time we pass, because they lived right around the corner. They from, lived
1: right around the corner from Isaac. Yes, yeah, and every friend. time yeah.
0: I go past there, I, I think about them and I say a prayer for the family. Whenever I yeah. see, yeah. It.
1: And then also sometimes, like I, I still see the Elone family even now. You know, they're great people. They're amazing people, and the way that they persevered through that loss is just amazing.
0: Yeah, he just had some type of odd virus that just took him out. It was a tick, it was a tick, Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: But you know what? Like, to the lone family that may be watching this, you know, like, I, I appreciate you because you guys persevered so hard through that loss. And that was definitely something that really inspired me. And the love that you guys have for one another through a very hard time, Really inspired me, you know, that year to appreciate life and to definitely appreciate the people that ha- will have your back.
0: That's you know, right. Just, yeah, yeah, that
1: just, just you know, just having like you know, going through what I was going through that year, and then on top of that, the loss of a friend, it made me to appreciate life more and to appreciate the people that you have around you. And sometimes, now I'll now this is my question
0: to is of, that, for example, what were you know? Not everyone makes it. You know, you used to run. You told me you used to run and you used to run by the river and used to think about um, maybe I'll just throw myself off the bridge or Mm -hmm. um, what was it that you, you know, what steps did you take that helped you persevere through it? What step did I take?
1: Yeah. So I used to see my great grandfather, Pop, remember? Yes. I used to walk down there. And talking to him. Oh, he lived right by
0: the river. Yeah, he lived right, right by, you, by the right river. By yeah. the bridge,
1: right? Yeah, and just he wouldn't even talk to me. I would just be talking to him about just some of the things that I was going through. And then there was moments where we just wouldn't even talk to, to each other. We'd just be in other complete silence. But having his presence, I don't know for what reason, I felt like God really grabbed, like encouraged me, like go to your pop. And I would, I would just walk, you know, on weekends just from your house from your apartment mom down to see pop and we would just spend you know hours maybe like an hour or two just with each other just talking and everything and just for some reason that was very that was very helpful just being with someone that is almost at the end of his life and has done so much for others yeah because at that point he was
0: about what 100 years old
1: yeah one-on-one I think one on one. Yeah, so just 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 being with someone of that multitude and without him so many people would not have existed now, you know? Mm-hmm. So he had like a whole legacy. And yeah. now as we're talking
0: about I'm thinking to myself because I believe that I don't care what age you're at, you still have a purpose as long as you're on this earth you still have a purpose and I kind of want to get teary eyed thinking about it or talking about it because I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, like maybe if he wasn't there on your way to the bridge, you know, to talk to at 101 years old, we might not be sitting here having this conversation. Exactly.
1: And so like, yeah, just like going to, going to the hospital and just being there with a godly person, a godly figure, you know, and I remember Uncle Big man he used to spend so much time with him, and something told me to spend time with him too and I think it was definitely God it really inspired me it kept me at peace it made yeah. me remind it reminded me of why I'm here to to live out a legacy to inspire others and even then even on his death even on his like you know on a, even on his you know deathbed, I would say he was still inspiring others, right. even though he couldn't you know so let's eloquently yeah. he still was inspiring others and i think that was just amazing how that really helped me out
0: so let's fast forward to i remember you were getting ready to go to college and i remember my father your grand your
1: yeah grandpa grandfather grandpa.
0: saying uh well you know he's anorexic how is he even going to make it to college and i'm like he's going to make it through college he's mm-hmm. going to make it through college and so you go to college, you start your first year at RPI, and you decided to take yourself off the <laughs> antidepressants.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I
0: think. The next, time, next thing I know, I'm getting a call. Um, I don't know, was it from you or from the school that you put your hand through a. That was me. Yeah, yeah, through uh,
1: um, paper, paper towels. towels. <laughs> I still got the scars. I think if you look closely. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Your senior
0: year, too. You put your hand through a window. Where to the a window incident of uh...
1: Nesby? Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that, yeah. that that anger thing actually. National
1: Society Black Engineers. I was the right. president. So that anger thing Very runs stressful. in
0: the family.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So i i think meat, I remember you were very much against me going off the antidepressants my but but I had to support I had to support you, to, you. Yeah.
0: like because this is the thing is that and I had to let you make your own choices, I yeah. had to let you if this is something that you believed you need to do. You need to know for yourself. I mean, of course, I as soon as I found out, I drove from Poughkeepsie to Albany to you know, which isn't that far. Yeah, to you know, talk to you and encourage you. Um, but it ultimately ended up being a, a good decision for you.
1: Yeah, I, I just felt that you know I couldn't rely on these medications for long, and I needed to get get off of them. I felt that I needed to put more my, my trust more in God and what He was doing in my life than. Anything else And I felt like I'm not saying that me- Medication is bad But Right, oh yeah, absolutely yeah, If anybody needs
0: me- medication Yeah, oh, yeah use no, it Use wellness. it But
1: don't But, right. well, but there should come a time When You don't need to use it And I think This comes Well, to, some people are Chemically
0: imbalanced You can't yeah, say yeah, that yeah yeah, like yeah, 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 For you
1: For me for the, When it comes to depression I felt that You know, I needed to Get off of it And rely on my personal beliefs, which is that God is Savior, to lead me through and to help me. You know, so the antidepressants, they did help, you know, bless be to God that they exist. But then there came a moment where I was like, you know, I need to get off of these. And I need to, I need to be free. And I think that I
0: you trusted yourself. You started trusting myself, yeah. And I trusted yeah. in
1: God, too. I didn't just trust in myself. I trusted in God, too. I was like, you know, I, this is a big decision. I need to put these on the shelf and let's see how things go. And if things aren't going well, maybe I need to get back. And you know, it's okay
0: if you punch your hand in a.
1: Exactly. No. Yeah. You know, Cause
0: you, you, uh, you didn't taper off of them. You just completely took yourself off of it. Correct.
1: Yeah. I just, I just like completely took myself off of it. But like the thing is, this is the thing. I think the punching of the paper towel dispenser is a really great story of just college in itself especially that freshman year. That freshman year- Well, yeah, college, you're going to
0: a, one of the top engineering schools,
1: yeah. Yeah, it was such a pivotal part of the, the college experience as a freshman year because you get exposed to so much. And sometimes secondary education doesn't prepare you for that challenge of college. Not so at that know, level. Not at that level where some people are just so reluctant to even pursue college because it's such an intimidating beast and i felt intimidated i wasn't doing so good in classes and i was so frustrated so scared so angry that it lashed out with me punching my hand through excuse me through a paper towel dispenser and then walk in the class with a bleeding hand sitting in the front row of the class having my bleeding hand drip blood from my hand to the floor so this is, you know, people, you know, people looking at me crazy like this kid's got a bleeding hand and like, you know, scars and the blood is just dripping. And then me just getting up and leaving just spontaneously without having to tell the I just picked up my stuff, put my book bag, put, put my books in my book bag, got up and then just left the class. And then that's when I called you. And then that's when I went to Academy Hall to Talk to the, the the doctor and tell him what I did. And then he gave me the stitches, and then that's when we ate out and everything. Because at that, that 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 same day, I couldn't find my student ID, so I couldn't even eat breakfast. So and then you
0: talk about right, yeah. So it's not been yeah. So it's not been an easy road, and that's the thing that yeah. everyone goes through things. Everyone mm-hmm. struggles in their life. Everyone uh, it's just this is just how life is. Yeah, and. You're saying that it's your, it's your belief in God that's gotten you through. It's all believe, of it. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. my belief in God and the, the, the people that God has brought in within mm-hmm. my life okay. that have helped right. me. And that includes my family, you, dad, Deja, Zaya, and then even secondary family, you know, grandpa, grandma on both sides, um, you know, cousins, friends. So, like, Miss yeah. Perez, Jose, Isaac, okay. Joey. Cool. So, like, so many people, God has brought in, you know, so many people in my life, and they've taught me lessons, you know, lessons that only God, you know, will provide. Gotcha. And that's helped me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. Cool. And so- that's what you got to do. You really got to see the God within the person, you know, because each and every one of us, we're all children of God. So... We all have a piece of God within, within us, but it's up to us to accept that piece of God. You know, God molded us. God created us. So therefore, we're God's creation. So all of us have a piece of godliness within ourselves, but sometimes we fall to flesh. We fall into external influences that ultimately lead us to be mentally unstable like myself. But I'm getting there. I'm like I'm like I'm crazy I'm crazy but I'm getting there
0: (laughs) Uh, so let me so what books are you reading now like what do you have um, so now you've decided you have your professional career you're working for Pitney Bowes um, Mm -hmm. in there and um, you have a girlfriend you're Mm -hmm. just completed a marathon Um, what's next for you like what 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 are you doing now what books are you reading What, what do you do to Downtime. Sounds like so, you're a pretty intense
1: individual. Yeah, no, no. So right now you know, there's still this right now I, I really want to be more organized. And what I mean by be more organized is kinda have a set myself for success. Set myself up for the blessings. Sometimes I work I've always been very hard working, but I need to start working smart. Not working harder. And that has always been, I feel like, the, 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 the term, the mantra that applies to me the most because I am a very hard worker in everything that I do, but do I really work smart about it? Okay. So, so it's, it's like up? a next,
0: so it's, it's, you're on the next level. Talking about leveling, that, up, like, leveling up.
1: You're like, I want to start thinking long term in terms of where do I see my life? Okay. And also on top of that, I want to continue to give back. To my okay. community, that's something that me and Destiny have talked about a lot. Is you know us being godly individuals, we want to be the light that shines in other people's lives, which yes. is why I go to church, United Ordained Church. Shout out to my Bishop Edmund. Shout out to my Deacon Jerry Ford and all the other Deacons and Deaconesses and the members of the church. And then there's other churches also. There's other okay. United Ordained Church, but the church I go to is 290. But it wasn't
0: a it wasn't a um, a a straight path to oh, where you're at as far as your spirituality. A... Let's talk about that because you, I, I brought you guys up Catholic, and mm-hmm. my whole spin on it or my take on it was, was you know, I, I wanted to give you a foundation. I yeah. wanted to give you a foundation yeah. that, you know, God, yeah. you know, about a godly yeah. foundation. But then whatever you choose, the path that you choose, and for me, ultimately, now it's, it's ironic that we're talking about this because mm-hmm. – um, when I met my husband mm-hmm. now, um, he had a personal relationship with God. For me, God was always out there. And then I was like, Oh, you mean God really cares? He's not just way out there, like he really cares about me. Like <laughs> I
1: was he, trying to tell you all these years until you met Daniel. I was literally just <laughs> like I was like, God is real, God is this Mom, you were like, I don't want to hear it now. I was just well, well, you know I was just kinda like
0: i was in my own world i really was world. in my own world and i was just kind of like okay well god you know all right i'm a good person i'm this all that you yeah know.
1: like yeah anybody it was just, be good yeah person, it didn't work it kept like, me stuck i wouldn't even yeah. be
0: on doing this podcast if it wasn't mm-hmm. for um having a per, per, uh, yeah. personal relationship with god but getting yeah. back to you and your path so you you started uh going to church with uh, isaac Press family, yeah. and the Perez family and then uh left that church went to another church in rensselaer and now you have the church now and then it's been it's been your own personal walk it's and, it's, own, I yeah. it's more, and i think it's and i honestly and you can tell me what you think but i think it's more about sp- your own spirituality
1: mm-hmm. what do you mean by that like your own spirituality about your walk with God. Oh yeah, most definitely. Because kind of to your point, it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't know close. if it's
0: about. It's is it a, a religion?
1: No, no, I don't believe in religion because religion, you know, it's tradition that's man made. I'm not going to go into that <laughs> for this podcast. But I believe in a well, yeah. Right, I believe you can in come a, back. You can come
0: back. We'll come <laughs> back. You we'll have to come back again. And, yeah, uh, we'll but I believe,
1: I yeah. believe on a on, on a relationship with God. You know, that's what I believe in. I believe in a relationship with God.
0: I know. I talk to God all the time. I'm always. Yeah. Talking to
1: God. sometimes. Sometimes. Well, that's and that's something that I need to work on. Is. You know, I go to church, you know, mm-hmm. I listen to the Morning Motivations by my Deacon Ford. I don't know if you see them on Facebook, but, you know, those are the things that I listen to in the morning on the weekdays is, you know, the, script- the scripture sharing that my Deacon yeah. Ford does. And I go to church on Sundays and, you know, Bible studies on Wednesdays whenever I can. But there's always that feeling that, like, mm, am I am I fully accepting God into my heart? And that's kind of where I am right now. Is Okay. Am I fully accepting God into my heart? And that's what I meant when I said I want to get my life organized, kind of reset, you know, recalibrate, Got it. engage into what I'm doing. Okay. right now, you know, like I feel like sometimes with people, they tend to just, you know, go with the flow, just take it day to day. But me, I'm more so trying to focus on, like, how can I set myself for, su- for success? I need to talk to God more. That's something that personally I know I need to do. I need to pray to God more. I need to be thankful for God more, you know. I'm and then the working, and
0: then like at
1: and then also I think work. you get
0: inspiration too. Through
1: yeah. That. Yeah. You
0: know, because you open yourself up.
1: And also on top of that, I need to start sharing God more. That's some, one of the key things that I really need to start. And I'll be well, you're doing it on this podcast, exactly, right? Like, yeah, exactly. No, but seriously, like, I need to start sharing my faith. Let me tell you a story. My car, two hundred one. Two, yeah, 2001 Grand Prix Pontiac, right, that my grandpa on my dad's side gave to me was not getting inspected for months on end. You remember. And then. All of <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. And I'm then sorry. Then all I'm, of, like, I'm, I'm nine, like, yeah, I remember. And then all of a sudden, you know, one Friday night, I drive up to this guy who I previously had conversations with. And he's like, don't worry, I got it. And I'm like, all right. So I give him the key, and he's like, uh, do you need, like, any paperwork or anything? He's like, no, nah, don't worry. I got you. He comes back, and then he's like, yo, here's your keys. And I'm like, okay, do I have to pay the, the charge fee? Because you, you have to pay a fee right? Right, for yeah, inspection. You you don't, exactly, he's like, yeah. yo, don't worry, don't worry about that. I'm here thinking, yo, this is crazy. You know, for a vehicle that shouldn't have gotten inspected in the first place, it got inspected. Mm-hmm. And that person was doing literally God's work and i I think it's your mindset
0: josh i think you you look for the miracles you don't look for the bad stuff you're very much focused on well, like yeah your, yeah your yeah. eyes are focused on okay how can i get better how can i what i can do you know what, what are the miracles you're not like oh it's my car is not inspected oh you know you're not you don't play the victim
1: yeah oh well, yeah you don't want to play the victim that's the thing too you don't want to complain you know it's like you can complain if unless you have a solution. That's the thing though. So many people they talk about the, their downfalls, they talk about like, oh, you know, woe was me. And they even says in the in in the Bible, you know, self pity, that's the worst type of pettiness. Like you have to have godly pity. You have to have pity where like you know that you messed up and you want to cry about it now, but you know what you need to do move forward. But when you stuck in that that self pity where you're always just Hitting yourself, and you're just like, oh, man, like, woe is me. Uh, like, I, this is just how it's going to be. Uh, I just feel so pathetic. That's sin. That's sin. That's, not the, that's coming straight from the devil. You have to have that godly, pit, pit, um, that godly pity where you know what you did and moving forward, you're going to go and step in with God or whatever spiritual belief that you believe in and making sure that you don't do that again. And sometimes it's going to happen. You know, we're not perfect. We're human beings. We all have sin in the face of God. But at the same time, you cannot. You have to have a positive mentality. You can't focus on just the negatives. You got to shift those negatives into positives. You know, and that's where
0: accepting it. I, I when we were talking earlier, and we started talking about the anorexia, and you were just mm-hmm. like, you weren't so caught up in, oh, why did this happen? You know, you're like the running, and you know this would happen, and you know, and, and then you just got into the solution. You got into there was a moment.
1: There was a moment in time when there was a moment in time when I was in that self pity. Okay. just feeling bad for myself, and okay. I believe even you saw it. well I was just like, I just like wish, and I kept on telling you, I wish you know things were the way they were back before this, before the summer, and that's when the self pity came in. Mm. You know, where I was just. Complaining, but I think that's
0: a little bit part of the process. You do go through no; it is the the process. You know, grieving is part of the process. Yes, six steps of you know, you do go through a mourning.
1: Yeah, the grieving is part of the process, but also this there comes a time when you gotta stop grieving. (laughs) You gotta stop, and you know, and that's when you gotta just move on with your life. You know, okay. You know, because like even you know, it's kind of similar to like you know when some when a close friend of yours you know passes away. You don't Mm -hmm. grieve until the rest of your life. The way I look at it is like, yes, grieve because you care for that person. You have so much love for that person. But then the way I look at it is like, that person wants the best for you. Right. Like, if they were alive right now, they would wish nothing but the best for you. So why are you still grieving after all these years when they would want you to live your best life? Remember, live your best life. Right. Live for God's purpose. When pop. My great-grandfather passed away. We grieved. We mourned. I, I even talked at his mourning, remember? Mm-hmm. And that was when I was on the antidepressants because not, not a single tear came out. And I think that was another reason why I wanted to get off the antidepressants because I wanted to be more in tune with my emotions. Not a single tear came out of my eye when I went up to the podium to talk about all the contributions that pop has provided within my life. And it, it and, and you know I was just there you know talking and I remember looking at you cuz you were in tears <laughs> you were like oh, you were in tears cuz I was just talking about how much pop has provided in my life in his last final days yeah. before he went up to go to be with the lord and we grieved yes but at the same time I knew that pop wanted for me for all of us that attended that morning or the week i should say to live the life that he set up for us right and even with aunt bert you know that was another thing that happened you know another passing of a close family member on my dad's side and that was senior year so a lot of things were happening you know that, yeah, senior year besides the punching Into the window, you know, that happened. Uh
0: senior year of, of uh Springs. yeah RPI, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's you know? when I first came back to the Gipsy,
1: right? Mm-hmm. And I remember like Aunt Bert passing away, and I was that was just a lot for me. 'Cause so much was happening with Nesby, with academics, and then next thing you know, I get a call from dad, like your Aunt Bert passed away. And I was just like, Oh, snap. Yeah. And I was just like, man, even I'm thinking about it. At him, the same it, time,
0: you're thinking about your job situation. You yeah, know, my job situation. So. You have to figure out what am I going to do, you know, post-college. And here you're in the situation again. But this time, no anorexia. No yeah. Depression. yeah. You know, and then,
1: like, it, you know I mean? Like, you managed it. Like, you've learned, like. Slight depression. I'll be honest. Slight yeah. depression. Like, senior yeah. was slightly. Like, like, I was slightly depressed. Like, I was going through it. Anorexia? No, definitely not, you know, but then, yeah, once, once, once Aunt Bert passed away, I think that was like the pinnacle of, whoa, like, okay, God, I need to come back to you, and I need to start listening to what you want me to do, like, once Aunt Bert passed away, none of that, like, all of my struggles, all my self-pity didn't matter, I was like, okay. Oh, so you were feeling,
0: you had punched, this is, so now we're at senior year, you had punched the uh you know freshman year you punch the uh dispenser <laughs> and then yeah in your year of rpi you're punching uh glass walls glass yeah glass, glass, uh, glass windows windows and this all happened before your aunt passed
1: i don't know if it happened after yeah. or before mom passed but okay. i would definitely say that you know, my but it affected Bert. you
0: to the point where you were just, when your aunt passed that, you just said, okay, I got to refocus.
1: Actually, no. So, y- you know what? It happened after. Mm. I remember. It did happen after I punched the the glass window my senior year of college. Because I remember going to the funeral um, with a bandaged hand. And I think, yeah, my Aunt, aunt Bert passing, kind of just hit me. Hmm where it's like, okay, you know what, God, I wasn't really listening to you. I need to get back into listening to you. Okay. And well, you know, it's interesting because it there's
0: crazy. That, that's the part about life where you, you get a lesson, right? And you're like, okay, all right, got it. You know, I'm at the end of myself, I'm at the bottom of myself. And then all of a sudden, it sneaks back in the back door, right? The yeah,
1: door. but it was just it was just crazy how, yeah. what, I, what I found was so crazy is how too great, individuals one in the beginning and one at the end of my college career passed away and I think there were lessons there were lessons like with Pop passing away I realized that he was not living for himself he was living for God he was living for others he was Mm -hmm. blessing others and Mm -hmm. so I learned from him even just sitting down with him and talking to him just learning that I got to start living for others. You, sometimes people get so stuck in their own head. That's the problem sometimes. Well, that's they get, it. They it's get stuck about, in it. It's all, it's about, all about them. them.
0: Right. You gotta start, yeah. you gotta,
1: once you start living a less selfish life and living for God, living for others, being more selfless, life gets so much easier. You got to stop being selfish. Right.
0: It's weird, right? The society that we live in is more about like, what can I get? My status, my this, my that. Yeah. But you really start to have a joyful life when you realize
1: it's not all about you. It's not all about you and that you do have to care for others. But at the same time, don't be a person pleaser. That's why I say don't be a person pleaser. I'm not saying please people. I'm saying for me. Please God. That's what I do. I please God. Gotcha. And once, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, and that's something I need to get back into. But like having Pop pass away before my freshman year of college and having Aunt Bert pass away at my senior college, it was like God's reminder of saying, you got to stop getting into your head mm. and you got to start providing a path for others, provide a path for yourself but also provide a path for others and provide a path for others to, to me. Well thank you, Joshua, because you have <laughs>
0: no. been inspiring. Yeah. And just you. I mean, I, I appreciate you coming on my podcast. It's just been an yeah. amazing talk. The show's Millennial Mom. And Joshua, thank you so much. Where can people get in touch yeah. with you or follow you?
1: So one so one one more thing too. When it comes to anything that I do in life, I do it not for myself. I do it for for him. All right? This may be a podcast that may be, you know, too much spiritual for some people, but I do it for him. I work hard because of him. I do a marathon for him. I want to inspire others. And I'm not trying to get all the attention here. And I think that's something that both of you, both mom, and myself you do a good job of doing i'm not doing this for others i'm doing it for him whenever people ask me how did you when get you there when you say him you mean god yes i mean god yeah not everybody I, would
0: know that yeah, yeah 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 but like
1: yeah when people ask me how did you get there him i point my finger up him i'm telling you him you know he's the truth he's the way you know, people may disagree with your me. Your story is your story,
0: I and nobody can dispute your story. Exactly. And so, like I said, I'm so grateful for you being on our podcast. Definitely. I'm so grateful for you being here. And uh, definitely, will you come back again?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. You all know, right. and like kind of like what I mentioned before, I want, I want more people on this podcast. So all I'm right. gonna reach, I, I, I would love to, you know, one of these days have Destiny on the podcast. Okay. You know, Perfect. I would love to have her. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. So
0: where can we get in touch with you, Joshua? Yes. And
1: so, 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 Facebook, um, Joshua Smith. Um, the cover photo is me and my girlfriend Destiny. Um, we're both African American, rocking a Hawaiian hat. <laughs> I would say, um, but yeah, you could reach. out I think out to if me. they put
0: Joshua Smith. Does it have Pitney Bowes? That's you could do it through a search. Yeah, you could do You could do it to Joshua Smith, Pitney Bowes,
1: or Troy New York. Yeah, you could definitely yeah. do it that way. And then on top of that, if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, Josh the Distance, that's J-O-S-H-T-H-E-D-I-S-T-A-N-C-E, Josh the Distance. You can follow me on Instagram or you can simply even, you know, give me a call. I'm, I'm more than free to talk to anybody about their walk of life. So, give me a call at 845-309-0417. Again, 845-309-0417. And then my Instagram hold is Josh the Distance. So go the distance, but instead of going the distance, it's joshthedistance. So, All right, Joshua, thank you so much. No I can't problem. wait to talk to you
0: again, see how you, uh, your organization. and. Oh,
1: exactly, setting myself up for success. That's yes, what I want to do. There you go, definitely. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, no problem. take care, Love Josh. You. Love bye you bye. too. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.